Dan. What? Guess what? I have created... What? A fully functional robot. No way! Get out of here! No, no, And it's just this one little thing I can't work out. I haven't got a fuel source. Oh, my God! I've just finished working on a fuel source. No way! I figured out how to transform organic matter, like vegetable matter and meat, into a fuel source for any sort of robot. That's brilliant! I just... Hang on, wait. Plant matter and meat, but... We're made of meat. That's irrelevant! Let's do this! Dan Beeston and Greg Watts are smart enough to know better! Welcome to a podcast of science, comedy and ignorance. And anything else shiny that comes through our visual field. I do like shiny things. <laughs> now, we're going to be doing a brand new segment right now, Greg. Ooh, sounds now, great. I'm happy. This <laughs> segment is a segment that I expect to be doing every single week, but I think we should aim to avoid doing it ever again. I can guess what this is. This is the walk of shame, where we apologise for all the things that went wrong in the last podcast. Yes, and the first walk of shame will go to me, Gregoire. Walk of shame, I said last time that organic chemistry had to do with any sort of chemistry to do with Chon. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, as has been pointed out to me by uh, good forum members and people who emailed us. Of course, I'm incorrect. Well, partially incorrect. I'm almost correct. It's actually any sort of chemistry to do with carbon. Now, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen can get involved, but it really is chemistry to do with carbon. Organic chemistry, carbon chemistry, Mm. hydrocarbons, that sort of thing. It's like graphite. Diamonds. Oh, and, and, well, petrol. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. organic chemistry. So there, is, there is hydrogen involved, but, you know, it's not. It's, it's actually about the carbon. So there you go. Okay. Well, my first on a large list of walk of shames <laughs> are all technical ones. You may have noticed in the first episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, a weird ghostly echo effect in the background, or occasionally I'd turn into Davros from Doctor Who. That's because we uh, podcast on top of an Indian burial ground, which is really hard to find here in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. It, we, we had to import the Indian <laughs> corpses. Yes. And, and he, customs get so stroppy about that. And what's that weird sort of is stuff. I made sure they had the, all the Indians face down the whole way, and that was, took a lot of money because I kept turning the box over. Oh, I, yeah. That's, ugh, terrible. That's probably really offensive Chief to Native Americans. Spinning in his grave. We're very which so- is about 40 kilometres up. <laughs> 40 kilometres is, is very high. That That's a lot higher than high. a jumbo jet. Yeah, no, about 10 k's for a jumbo jet. Okay. Yeah, okay. 30,000 feet. Okay, so the auto quality stuffed up, and I think I've solved that problem now. Although we're both just looking yeah. at anxiety Wave at the waveform. <laughs> uh, but I managed, I discovered that the clock speed of Greg's microphone was confusing the clock speed of my microphone. And so they did a little dance inside my computer and came out pregnant with illegitimate child waveforms. <laughs> Number two, the download link didn't work. When you clicked on it, it would download half the podcast. You should be ashamed. Yeah, I know. You are bad and you should feel bad. I know. But there was an auto-player. So you could just click on the auto-player and that would get about two-thirds of the way through the episode before failing. (laughs) Or it wouldn't work at all, depending on what browser you were using. So I fixed both of them. 
Uh, there was another way you could listen to it. You could sign up through iTunes, mm. in which case it would download the whole podcast, but then it would tell iTunes that it only ran for two minutes and 59 seconds and only play the first three minutes of the podcast. <laughs> so, all our best material in the first three minutes. Brilliant. All of these things have been solved, I hope. If it happens now, they're cutting out about now. So bye to all the iTunes people. Bye. I don't like you. <laughs> And finally, if you did actually manage to listen to the episode and you wanted to discuss it in the forum, I did manage to lock out anyone from the forum but for Greg and myself. (laughs) So that is my walk of shame. Dan Beeston, you win this week's Smart Enough to Know Better Walk of Shame Trophy. Yay! Oh, look, it broke. (laughs) Now, the first thing I want to talk about today... First I'm going to bring up. Yep. Have you seen the giant whale bones they found in Peru? No. In Peru, the Peruvian desert, so up in the mountainy deserty areas of Peru. They get a lot of whales up in there. No, mountains. not anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the past, it was all part of a big ocean, or actually quite a shallow sea, actually. Yeah. And I think it's called Megalodon, the giant shark. It's like a giant shark. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's a great thing. And there's yeah, no I've pack- seen that thing jump out of the ocean and take uh, jumbo jets out of the sky. That's right. That's perfectly historically accurate. Lots of Peruvian died and we honour their loss. Now, at the same time, which mm-hmm. is, they've discovered there's this thing, a sperm whale, and, and sperm whales, they're happy enough. I mean, they're not baleen whales, they have teeth yep. in modern day, but they hunt, go down deep and they hunt squid, like little squid, or even big mm. squid, they eat squid. It's the deepest diving mammal, isn't it? Uh, I guess, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yes. It sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the, they found this new one, well, it's, it's dead now, it died out about 13 million years ago, and they're calling it Leviathan Melvillii, named after, of course, Mo- the writer of Mo- Mo- Moby Dick and the Leviathan, and it was a 17 metre long whale, which is big, but not wow. big, big, big. That's but, as big as Jaws 2. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> he could have eaten Jaws 2, son of Jaws. Yeah. But it, it had massive teeth, it had 30 centimetre fangs on it, and it would actually eat other whales. So it was oh, a, wow. It was a carnivorous whale that ate whales. It would eat whales six to ten metres long. And, and, and they know this, and it had, it had ripping teeth, so it would bite and it would tear the flank off the other whale. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and it's this thing, and they just found these bones. It had a, a, a jaw three metres long, so a really big jaw. was at nine feet. And, and, it, would, and it had the, one of the strongest bites of any animal ever. Wow. So they're just saying even b- bigger than Tyrannosaurus, bigger than, than nearly any other predator that's ever lived. It's this massive, massive jaw. Wow. Uh, it's great. I just think very excited. The fact that there's a sperm whale, on our link notes, you're going to see the picture of it, which is just drawn, this poor little baleen whale being murdered by this <laughs> giant attack whale. So yeah, the next time you see a whale and you're like, oh, poor whales, they, they, they just want to kill you, man. Yeah. You know what I got interested in recently? Tell me, tell me. Uh, I saw an ad on a website talking about these miracle berries called uh, acai berries. What As- are they? Uh, Acai berries. They're Ooh. from like Peru or something. Where the whales and, come from. Yeah, where the whales come from. <laughs> you put them on the back of a donkey and bring them down. And well, whales. Them for an enormous amount. Oh, Basically, these berries, magical dietary bat oh. berries, and you eat these berries and it speeds up your metabolism and it helps. They're very mm. good for you and it helps you drop all this weight. Because you really need that. Super quickly. Because, you know, you're, you're a really big man. <laughs> yes, well, I am. I am quite tall and skinny. <laughs> I have basically... If you, I, lost, I, if you lost a lot of weight quickly, your leg would just fall off. Yes. Uh, the only way I could lose weight quickly is in a shark attack. <laughs> a whale attack. Or a Leviathan yeah. Melvillii attack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost 73 kilos in a single split second. All I had to do was travel back 13 million years and piss off a carnivorous whale. <laughs>
uh, yes, I was, I was actually worried that I was putting on a little bit of weight. I went and weighed myself, still 73 kilos, like I was in 1994. <sighs> smart enough to keep gloating about your weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, though, when, uh, when the apocalypse comes... All my fat friends are going to be, like, living off their fat reserves, and I'm just going to be dead. Or, of course, you'll be smart, and you'll start killing and eating your fat friends. Why do they tell him that? Oh, yeah, because you're... Because oh. I'm going to be able to run faster than you guys. Yeah, but I can wait. See, I'm an ambush You guys, predator. that's a bit rude. I'm, a, I'm an... Okay, I'm, I'm quite potato-shaped. I know this. But the thing is, I'm an ambush predator. Me and the, uh, and the Komodo dragons, I'll just wait... And then I'll bite you on the ankle, yep. and the poison will get into your blood. And then you'll run away, and then after a while, another human will eat you. But don't worry, what comes around goes around, and I'll get my meal from your skinny friends. I, uh, I, I'd say it was nice to be forewarned, but I've got the feeling that your poison is already in my blood, Craig. <laughs> At but, any rate, acai berries. berries. Now, turns out, acai berries, they're basically cranberries. Right. Cranberries are very good for you. Mm. Lots of antioxidants. Like they're the best source of antioxidants or something. Mm. And mm. so if you eat cranberries, that's a healthy thing to have in your diet. Yeah. But acai berries, probably just as good, if not maybe a little bit better. They are not a miracle cure. To be honest, if, if, if anything tells you, oh, it's a miracle cure for being fat, it doesn't involve, A, cutting down your intake and increasing your output, then it's rubbish. Yeah. End of story. You put that, it's a quote Brian from Family Guy, put down the fork. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, and, and move your ass. I mean, it's, it's the way it is. And, and, and people can argue. I know there's fat acceptance groups and things like that that argue that, that some people are bigger. And I suppose they are. Some people metabolize food differently. Yeah. But if you eat less and move more, you will probably... No, you, I, I'm going to come out and say it. You will be smaller than if you eat more and move less. Yes. You might not be... I might never... Actually, I would probably never be your size, but how, how hard I diet and mm. exercise. Just we're built differently. Fat bones. Uh, fat bones. <laughs> just, that's it. Just heavier set people. Endomorphs and mesomorphs and yep. ectomorphs. That sort of craziness. Body shapes. But I could get smaller. I just have to move more. Yeah. The interesting thing about these berries is that over the years, there have been all sorts of fads to try to get you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And they never seem to work. In the old days, it'd be like, oh, you've got to drink this tonic, mm, and mm. that's all you needed to know. Yes. But these days, people are getting more and more information, and so the ideas about uh, getting people interested in losing weight mm. and uh, and tricking them into thinking something's going to work are getting more and more complex, which is quite fascinating. But the, uh, the assay berry, basically, there's all these ads that say, well, you may not believe it, but send away for a free sample. Oh, oh yes. Uh, sign up your credit card details. <laughs> you get the first bunch of acai berries then you turn it off and it goes yep no, oh. you were no longer part of it but they keep billing you on your credit card and so you contact them and the number's dead oh, and so oh wow okay so it's a total to, scam yeah it's a total scam you've got to jump through all sorts of hoops in mm. order to get them to stop charging your credit card wow so it's really quite genius I did <laughs> <laughs> then I went uh, then I found something else called uh, calorie shifting mm. and calorie shifting is really beguiling because what it says is that uh, your metabolism runs at peak performance at some times of the day with some types of food mm. but it drops down at other parts of the day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay. what they say what you do is you give your body say 1800 calories a day mm-hmm. so you want to do that yep. except you give it 2400 the first day yeah. and you drop it down to 1200 the second day right. and then you go back up to twenty. 
2,200 the third day right. and then back down to 1,600. And so you keep jumping back and forth right. in such a way that your body never gets the same amount of calories each day. Right. And your metabolism gets confused. Okay. Your metabolism gets confused <laughs> and it's always running at peak efficiency because it's trying to keep up with all of the changes. Uh, that sounds like rubbish to me. It, you see, I read it and I was like, that's quite a beguiling notion. Like, uh, it's, and automatically all these red flags went up in yeah. my head going, of course it's not going to work. Yeah, your body just averages it out. I mean, yeah, you know, it's but, like, why would it... But there is something quite beguiling because you can't just go, oh, that wouldn't work because of this. Yes. There's something about the pseudoscience in there where you mm. go, oh, I should probably look that up and find out what the research behind that is. That's a good sceptical so, way of being anyway, looking things up and researching. Yes. And I went looking for calorie shifting hoax, calorie shifting mm. this, calorie shifting that could not find any information oh. disputing it. Okay. One site said, there's no way that this can work, mm. but you should join my gym if you want to lose <laughs> weight. So there's biases all over the place. <laughs> I, I just, to me, that just you go, well, okay, so if I'm hungry on one day and then I'm gluttoning, uh, you know, well, if I'm, I'm pigging out the next day, why... I don't even see why that would even make you lose weight. Well, I, I don't understand. Is, uh, if you start, if you diet for like four days, mm. your body goes into starvation mode. Like yeah. your body actually acknowledges that that's happening yes. and goes, "Oh, better lock in the fat." Yes, and stop using quite as much energy. So you stop getting access to as much energy in mm. your own body. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of diets, these up and down yo-yo diet mm. type of things, which are trying to s- trick your body into thinking that. You're not going into starvation mode. So just before you go into starvation mode, they go, no, here's plenty of food, uh, and you eat some uh, food, mm. and then you keep loot, then yeah. you keep dropping it down. All, all I can say is we we evolved on a savanna plane with not a lot of food, and so our body had millions of years to survive. Mm. And I just don't know if you can trick it. I'm not too sure if you can. It's really, really, really well designed. Uh, to, what? Well, you know what I mean. It's not well designed it's, it's, at all. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> bad choice of words. You can't. It was designed. It's so annoying. We can't insane. use that word anymore. It's really annoying. You go use the word design. The design, not it is designed, but the design mm. of the human body, which implies a designer, which is really annoying. Uh, but. You know what I'm saying? The, the, yeah. the body's had many years of working out how not to die. And now we've got someone in the 21st century, ah, if you just eat all the ice cream you can eat, and then the next day you eat no ice cream, it's all going to be great. And you're like, D- don't you think your body has kind of gone through this as one of the many things it's tried? But the thing is, it hasn't. I mean, th- everything that we're doing to it these days is artificial in some way. We've never traditionally had this much food. No. Or, di- well, or had to once move again, people, people, uh, Some people in the world still don't. Most people in the world still don't. Well, let's, well, just, yes. let's just keep Lucky going. people. That's it. They don't have to worry about weight loss oh, diets oh God. and internet ads. Oh, no. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah, so if you're, if you're in that top 5%, like I said the last podcast, All thank the you, mosquitoes that they'd ever want. Mm, mm, so much yellow fever. Oh. But, uh, it's funny thing is, the human body really, really good at running. Yes. This is how we killed things. Yeah. Because yeah. you go... Uh, you, jogging, not running. I, I, yes. I'll say jogging. Yeah, jogging. Yes. yes, not running. Marathon running. We're not sprinters. We, no. are, we, we are long distance no. uh, joggers. Yeah. Cheaters, ostriches. Supposedly, your gluteus maximus, your bum, it's... Uh, that's that's why we have this, the bums that we have. That, no, that, you look at any other monkey, uh, ape, sorry, uh, they don't have bums like we have bums because they, they don't have the muscles like we need them. Mm. But it's not just because we're standing upright. I used to think it was a standing upright thing, yep. but it's actually because for running. And from what I was reading, you 
don't use those muscles to any great effect unless you run. So when you're walking, I do a lot of walking, but I'm not particularly working my glutes in mm. that way. My gluteus maximus is not going to work out. But, I mean, obviously it's moving, but it's not really doing much. It's only when you move to a jogging speed that those muscles come into effect fully, and that's when you actually get some work. If you want to tone your bum, got to run. There you go. You know what's quite fascinating is we've started off to do a sort of a scientific and scepticism podcast, mm. and in three episodes we've now done uh, fad diets, exercise, and <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Good. Well, and, other th- and a giant killer whale. Come on. That's true. That's it. But, but also, we're a bit sceptical about them, though. I mean, that's, these are things. We're not saying, and we should all do these things. Once again, research, research. Yeah. Oh, but the, I forgot the, the best bit about the ASIO Berry site. Oh, yes is I found a page which wasn't advertising the berries. It was a news article mm. uh, doing investigative research into these berries, and the woman tried it out for a week, and then went, well, actually, they're, they're really good, and it's an amazing thing. And it was a fake news site oh, my goodness. just for this. But oh. then there were comments underneath it. And you go through all the comments, and it's people going, "Oh man, I, I've tried this as well, and it works really well." So the or fake comments, fake comments on fake a fake comments, website. and I know that they oh. were fake comments because all of the comments had names next to them, and all of the names were real human being names ah. like Jesse and Carl. Not like, not like um, Leet One 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 or what WTF mm-hmm. guy or whatever. or Asai Berry FTW Two Thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The thing was, there were occasional typos in there. Like, they'd have a lowercase i instead of an uppercase i. Or they'd get a couple of words and join them together. But all of the weird little grammatical errors were the same ones. It was always a lowercase i instead of an uppercase i. Nothing was misspelt. There was nothing misspelt in the comments. So they failed because they thought humans were smarter than they were. Now, Dan... You are, are part Neanderthal. Part? Yeah, that's, that's your only reaction to that? You don't want to punch me out or something? Or part maybe? Neanderthal? Yes. Well, I... Or Neanderthal. Supposedly say Neanderthal, or you can say Neanderthal. And I know people out there getting really angry about me saying that, but I've looked it up, and that they're both acceptable uses. Well, they can go to planet Pluto for all I care. <laughs> uh, geek comedy. But yes, you're part, <laughs> you're part Neanderthal. There you go. Uh, well, I... Didn't all Homo sapiens come from? Ah, no, no. This the is the, this is a, no. We we all came from the same. We split from Neanderthals. They're saying, well, uh, oh, oh, hang on. So Neanderthals and Homo sapiens sapiens erectus or something that we had a common ancestor. Yes, we had a common ancestor. Okay, what 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 is now called at the moment? Because uh, it's changed around. It used to be uh, Homo neanderthalus. And we were Homo sapiens sapien. Yep. We are Homo sapiens sapien, uh, which is a silly name. Wise, wise man. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I, I've seen the cities. I know what's going on. I'm so negative. But now they're saying it's Homo sapien neanderthalus. So they're much closer. We're Homo sapiens sapien. They're Homo sapien neanderthalus. So they're, they're oh. closer. It wasn't a subspecies like Homo erectus or anything like that. So we have a common ancestor. And, and the prevailing theory is about half a million years ago, we split from the common ancestor. Yep. And there might even be other ones, but that's a whole different story. Other groups came off there. Yep. And in fact, things have been, re- when I was researching all this, they're now saying maybe it was a million years ago. But okay, so half a million to a million years ago, the two lines split into oh, okay. Homo sapien sapiens and Homo sapien neanderthalus and went their separate ways, did their separate things. Now, we hung out in Africa still. We yep. did our African savannah thing for a bit longer. And Neanderthals left and went into Europe. 
uh, ah, yes. and did the European thing. Now what they've discovered is like in Visa and uh, yeah, and yes, yeah, always oh, oh, France. Lots of worse when Neanderthal. Oh, he's yes, I think I'm right. The va- where the name Neanderthal comes from is actually a place, a Neanderthal Neanderthal Valley. Oh, I think it's French. And I oh, think it's, the one place with all the caves. Uh, yes, uh, no, that's where no, that's the painting. That was Thomas Sapiens did that supposedly. No, no, no there Thomas were all these Sapiens. caves that. And the people who live there are called Neanderthal. Oh, Neanderthals, okay. I think, because it's the town of Neanderthal or something. Right. Or, oh, oh, there you go. We have to look this and, up. And all these caves are in a in a rock wall or something. I know. I know. I'll have to talk it's, to. It's the valley. I know. It's it's the valley of the, the That's what it's named after. The people are named after that valley. I will uh, ask the okay. frog princess. <laughs> oh man, you're so dead. Does she listen to the podcast? Yes. Oh, you're so dead. No, but they, they, they went and did a separate thing, and then we went out as well and, and, and uh, quite quickly left and, and followed, like they say, pretty much colonized the world quite quickly over 30,000 years. Mm-hmm. What they've researched in, inside you, inside me, inside Asian people, inside Papua New Guineans, uh, inside pretty much anyone who's not African, mm-hmm. you have 1% to 4% Neanderthal DNA. You say you, you share DNA. We have made. How? Dare you! My great 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 grandmother was a saint, and she loved hard men who could break you in half. I'm just saying, she liked she liked them butch. But and we have this idea the cavemen, but they were quite intelligent. And the the other really well, the other good thing about Neanderthals, I love, they're much more robust. Have you ever heard the concept of robust and gracile? Have you heard that in species? No. Well, if you get think of chimps, okay, chimpanzees. Yeah. Our closest, our closest living relatives at this point, uh, as far as we know at this point. Now, the chimpanzees... Always leaving a little gap open for Bigfoot, huh? Oh, yeah. Also, no, well, there's also talk that maybe orangutans are closer to us than we thought. But chimpanzees, that's what's accepted. Now, chimpanzees are pan-troglodyte. That's, that's, the na- that's his name, like Homo sapiens okay. sapiens. So pan-troglodyte. Now, it's the thick... It's, it's chimpanzee. Have you heard of bonobos? Yes. Pygmy chimps, they used to be called. Yep. Pygmy chimps. Now, they realise now that they came from a common ancestor as well, and bonobos are called pygmy chimps. They look like chimps, they're smaller, but they're actually pan bonobos. Now, pan bonobos, what they're saying is it may be a gracile... The gracile means thin-boned or, or a slight build. So you get the robust pan troglodyte chimpanzees, who are big, thick-set thick creatures, and then you get pan... Uh, bonobos, which are the gracile, which split off. So animals sometimes get a big version of it and a little version of it, as I was say, fitting into different niches. Now, what they're saying maybe is Neanderthal was the robust Homo sapien, mm-hmm. and we, Homo sapiens sapiens, are the gracile version. We're the thin-set ones. The we're girly the, ones. The girly ones. But we're the ones who could throw things. Like, our spears were designed for throwing. When they find Neanderthal spears, they were designed for running up and stabbing things. Like oh, they, right. They're really heavy set, except someone pointed out that Neanderthals probably had more muscle mass than us. So we couldn't pick up one of their spears and throw it but those guys might be 25 to 50 percent stronger than Ah. us and they could hurl a lot further they could one of the things i was reading they said they could pick up a fully grown man and throw them 10 meters and they were tough they were strong and how high now they were bigger yeah yeah yeah. and and, but they weren't they weren't cavemen they 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 had their own Mm. uh this this theory is now and and evidence that they had their own uh culture and society yes yes wonderful stuff so Mm. neanderthal we have one to four percent neanderthal dna why this is interesting it's been argued for a while and they never found it uh there was theories they found a little child they thought was half neanderthal but now they think it was just a disease of the bones but they think now one to four percent is actually inside you is is neanderthal but not africans because we left homo Ah. sapiens left and they've changed into the different the different what we call races uh, of humans which aren't really races but we'll go there uh and of course the african people didn't have neanderthals around them so they didn't mate with the africans everyone else has neanderthal dna interesting
Smartenoff Theatre is proud to present the last known recording of Petrov Perineum's masterpiece, Persephone's Picode Palimpsest. Performed perennially for the Pope at the Palladium, Persephone's Picode Palimpsest is picked by many as the penultimate mime. Enjoy. Your Holiness, Cardinals, ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome to the stage, Petrov Perineum. Next time on Smart Enough Theatre, we'll be talking to Jimmy Jams, the blind sculptor. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know Medicine. Greg's medicine is all basically amateurish. And so we have got ourselves a professional amateur in, in the name of Dr. Watson. Hello, Dr. Watson. Hi, guys. Thanks for inviting me in. thought it'd be interesting to have a quick chat about a fascinating phenomenon called male lactation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's um, pretty much the standard response. I, I thought the point of lactation was that ladies did it and men did not do it. Right. As, well, as all the best things that women have to do, men don't. Isn't mm. the whole point? Didn't they, you know, bring us into sin and therefore we don't have to do all the horrible things and they get, they, they get all the... Well, um, I, heard that <laughs> breastfeeding, I heard that breastfeeding can be quite a pleasant experience. For the mother. Mm. Oh, oh, right. Yes. Yeah, well, babies like it too because they get food, yeah. mm. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole feedback thing through a different hormone called oxy, oxytocin. Oh, yes. Yeah, which is all about maternal bonding to the baby. So oh, okay. Basically, it's the mother's way of not freaking out and going, why is this parasite sucking away my nutrients and, you know, <laughs> drop-kicking a baby out a window? That's, so that's I've always wondered <laughs> that. Is it the oxytocin? I read a report. Someone they at a wedding. It started mm. at a wedding. It's in England. They had a wedding. And the doctor got permission to take blood samples once mm. every 20 minutes or something like that and, and mm. like everyone blah, 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 and like mm. everyone got done and they looked at the oxytocin mm. oxytocin yes yeah. oxytocin levels of the participants mm. and mm. like the, the brides went right mm. right to the roof and, and the grooms not so much yeah. uh, but, but, but a lot but not yeah. so much but what was really weird and this is when I'd, I'd go watch out for the best man the best man was also very high as, maybe as high as the groom oh. I'd be watching him yeah. he's, he's bonding with someone like, yeah. oh, I don't really, maybe it's the bridesmaids I don't know, I don't know but it was yeah. weird and it was like all these people and they talked about how the father the father of the bride didn't have as much as the mother, and, and it actually showed a connection between the bonding, loving feeling yeah. and oxytocin. What a bizarre mm. wedding day where everyone was like, 
Every 20 minutes. And he's getting really weak by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Uncle, Uncle Bill's fallen down. Is he drunk? No, no, he's just four quarts of blood. Like us. <laughs> it made the speeches much easier to deal with. And people got about halfway through each page and just whoosh out. Next, <laughs> part, next. Can I just point out, I must come from the 19th century. I just said quarts of blood. <laughs> No one better Thanks for bringing back the imperial system, dude. That's right, that's right. I'm fighting for it, damn it. <laughs> All the way. Um, male lactation. Male lactation. God. Yeah. Why? Well, Why does the universe hate I us I mean, so? just going back to a point that, that Dan was talking about earlier when he said yep. he thought the, pro- the, the purpose of lactation was uh, for women to do it. Well, that's not actually quite true. Uh, the purpose of lactation is to give nutrients to your newborn child or whatever that may have you so whether it's a a man or a woman doing it it doesn't really matter it's the whole point is to get those nutrients to the kid this sounds like madness yeah well things are changing things are changing (laughs) trust me oh god yeah you do a bit of research and it's kind of creepy but it's very interesting at the same time now Maybe we should start out first by just kind of discussing how lactation actually works. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go stand in the other room because anything leaking out of the human body that another human eats just reminds me of German, German porno and it just freaks me out. <laughs> so I, I'll just be over there. So does this freak you out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Big, big serious doctor, go. Back, back to editing. Okay, <laughs> now, have you, I don't know if you guys have ever asked you the question, yourselves the question, why do you have nipples? Aren't we, aren't we all female in the womb and then something changes and then we stop being female? Yeah, we are all female in the womb until basically the males get exposed to testosterone, which mm-hmm. what changes. I was under the impression that, uh, that girls are XX and men are XY, mm. which means that one of the little things fell off the, the X and turned it into a Y and that was the penis. <laughs> That's, wow. that's the difference between men and women. Wow. Oh, wow. That's when, a... when did you stop studying science? I'm just curious. <laughs> I never stopped. That's, that's why we're doing this podcast about I'm science. The same I made started. a terrible podcast mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically, yeah, you get exposed to testosterone. Mm. And, but there's no real reason for men to have nipples. I mean, it's, like, um, it's like a vestigial thing. Pretty much, right. yeah. Vestigial, but, what is the word? I don't know. Yeah, vestigial. 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 Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is, okay, basically, before puberty, men and women, uh, well, boys and girls at that stage, their breast regions are identical. There really is no difference between them at all. Mm. We've got the same little um, mm-hmm. architecture of ducts and globules and lobules all down there. Yep. It's only when puberty hits and the, the female gets exposed to the sudden surge of these things called estrogen, which I'm sure you guys know oh, yes. of estrogen mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in chickens. <laughs> You, you date the wrong animal. <laughs> Is there a right animal they, to date? I'm just <laughs> they feed. They put extra estrogen into the f- chicken food to make the chickens bigger and have more meat on them, mm. and that gets into the food supply, mm. and it makes men a bit girlier. Conspiracy theory is ahoy, I think. I'm going to be apologizing for this <laughs> episode. Yeah, I, I think so. So yeah, they basically get exposed to the estrogen and this other hormone called progesterone, mm. and these. What's that one? Um, progesterone is to do with your menstrual cycle. Well, oh, yes. your, not your menstrual cycle. How did he know? Yeah. Well, Actually, here's a quick side question. A very quick side question. Uh, is okay. it true that men have cycles? And obviously not a menstrual cycle. That would be ridiculous. But, but an emotional but, cycle. But yeah, because men... I, I read somewhere, you know, some in a comic, probably about Superman, that men also have a, have a cycle that we go yeah. through, not monthly, mm. but there is, you can actually plot a man's yeah. cycle. Sure. I'm not really sure they actually quote Superman comics in, like, you know, medical journals. Does 
work. So. You miss out so much. <laughs> Apparently so. But not that I'm aware of. Um, I think any any sort of cycle compared to a woman's cycle would be fairly microhormonal. Mm. Yes, we do have feedback cycles of these things called luteinizing hormone mm. and this other thing called follicle-stimulating hormone, which is all to do with the production of sperm. Um, mm. Where in the female, it's the exact same hormones, yes. but for them it's for the production, obviously, of ovaries, of oh, eggs. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. they just work on different angles. Yeah. Uh, but also the males have, obviously, testosterone and the women have estrogen and yes. stuff like that. Right. Okay. So anyway, so the estrogens and the progesterone basically make the breast formation. Now, when a woman gets pregnant what happens is during that she just doesn't like lie around get fat and lazy i mean there are actually sort of careful dan careful <laughs> i am not That's saying good anything. man you've learned well done yeah. there there are actual huge hormonal shifts occurring in the body one of these you're telling me <laughs> oh, wait damn it massive hormonal shifts like tectonic plates crashing into each other and making her crave pickles i've seen the day after and i know 2012 oh no hormones are shifting manhattan destroyed yeah so, we're just capitalists. <laughs> we yes we're idiots who are also misogynists brilliant hooray <laughs> End of my career. So you're trying to be all serious, and we're just gabbing on. No, 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 go nuts, go nuts. <laughs> all good. No, okay, so what happens is, yeah, so massive hormonal shifts, and what occurs is there's increased production of these ducts, lobules, and that are basically in the breast tissue, which are responsible for producing and excreting the milk. So are they, so are they created or are they just developed? Like, are they in us but not developed? They're in us already, Ooh. but they're much more further developed, obviously, in women with mm. this estrogen and progesterone, whereas men actually have that breast architecture, but it's like, it's like comparing, say, the Empire State Building to a redneck shack. You know, right. it's oh, one's, okay. one's hugely developed and built, and one's just this dirty pile of sticks surrounded by moonshine. You know, yeah. it's, it's a okay. definite sort of split between the two. Sure, sure, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, what happens is, yeah, they, the organs produce another hormone kicks in called prolactin, and that's all about uh, actually does muscle squeezing, like it squeezes the muscles oh, in so the breast. That's where the word lactate, a, lactic acid comes from when you exercise and it makes your muscles burn, lactic acid. Is it probably connected? Don't Not I? really, no. No? no. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, well, I'm so clever, I know a word. No, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> You're you're doing well, though. You're doing well. Gold star for effort. (laughs) (laughs) Have a pity star. (laughs) Yay! And never be a doctor. (laughs) That's pretty true. So so when the baby's actually born, um, the mother is already actually producing milk. She's not expressing it because it's at uh, low quantities. Mm. But when the birth actually takes place, there's a huge surge in uh, the estrogen and progesterone and a huge surge in the prolactin, which actually makes sure the tissue is fully developed and producing lots of milk. Now, what happens is when the baby actually does the suckling effect, so when you put the baby actually physically on the breast, this actually causes another surge of this hormone called prolactin. So all the ducts and the lobules and the little muscles there actually squeeze out like these little kind of sponges full, bulbs full of milk, and they just squirt into the baby's horrible. So the baby's not not sucking the milk out of the breast like I might suck it out of a popper. 
Yeah, like, yeah, like exactly. a Tetra Pak drink or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually surprising too. So it's not yeah. actually it's not like a sucking motion. No. I thought they had to suck. There you go. They do have to suck, but but the sucking obviously does aid a little. Mm. But most of it's actually like the prolactin just kicking in and out. But oh, it's not okay. sucking it out of the breast; it's so, sucking it off yeah, the front yeah. of it. So yeah. so they're not they're not. So like when the child, you're not just talking about when the child starts feeding, as in it's feeding cycle. You're talking about every time a child feeds, mm. this prolactin will rise and yes. and you'll express milk. Yeah. Holy bloody wow. really? Yeah. That seems. That seems to rely on a, a lot on these weird chemical things, yeah, yeah, yeah. and much less on the actual mechanical, of the boob. If, as in, if it was designed, it yeah. would be a lot easier just to suck that stuff right out yeah. using using suction. Yeah, that's well, all, you could just, that's all I'm saying here yeah. at this point. Or, or instead of a nipple, just have a spigot or that's something. That's right, a spigot. Yes, <laughs> girl spigots. Mm. Check the taps on that one. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's you're, the, awesome. you're the married one in the room. <laughs> Can I have a t-shirt with that on that? Because that's just awesome, I must say. Um, Check into the Smart Enough store. <laughs> <laughs> you actually put two taps on the front. Smart enough to know better. Smart enough to know medicine. And just have two taps only in girl sizes. <laughs> in, you know, placed where they should be, if you know what I'm saying. Boobs! That's what I'm saying. <laughs> On the top of the sink? I'm not sure. <laughs> so, yes, that's, but, that's really interesting. That's, I, I did not know this. And an even more interesting fact is that men, when, when their nipples are stimulated through a sucking action, actually mm. also have a surge of prolactin. However, yeah. <laughs> however, because, yeah. We, yeah, because <laughs> we actually lack that architecture I was talking about before, and we lack the estrogen and progesterone, we don't produce milk under normal circumstances mm. and now the horror begins <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay yes there are cases of male lactation under certain circumstances males can produce milk there's a, i had a look through the literature and there's reports going back in the lancet which is um, i don't know if you guys have heard of the lancet no no very famous medical magazine or science magazine but anyway um going back over 150 years of examples of male lactation so it's certainly not a new phenomenon it's right. not like you were saying before do, chicken hormones oh, yeah. Yeah. but do you mean as in men having full breast producing milk or just actual just as in normal no, normal sorry you know what i mean yeah, he's yeah. making the air quote gesture there but as in standard male physiology suddenly producing milk yes yes could you be in the throes of passion with the partner of your sexual orientation and suddenly you just start producing milk yes you can but oh my god (laughs) wait wait wait. so (laughs) (laughs) what are there are there women who produce milk before oh. they become pregnant? Oh, my God. There are actually women who produce milk constantly. Um, <gasps> Humans are brilliant! No, no, no. This is, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard today. But the, the most interesting thing, one of the things I did find in researching literature is there's actually a thing called witch's milk. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, often, uh, it happens quite regularly, is when ba- babies get born, whether male or female, um, they will actually be lactating when they, when they come out of the womb. The baby's lactating. The baby's are lactating. Ah. And that's, that, what? That, what? No, 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 I've heard of this. Like, babies mm. have all sorts of weird calibration for the first week. <laughs> and so they become, like, the, the most... They're going like, to come online. Like, <laughs> my, 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 like, baby like online. Babies become, like, the most sexually... Ag- 
aggressive what? that they ever are in their life or something until like That's women point. at their 30s I have gone out or... to clubs being punched out by three day olds so I must have been are you looking at my woman no yeah. <laughs> baby glassings are up about 100% lately it's just out of control <laughs> is, this, is this right that for the first week babies are like all over the shop and like, um, yeah. as far as they're well, well basically yeah they are um, and the reason for that is well one of the reasons for that I mean I, I, I'm not an expert I can't tell you definitively but one of the reasons for it is that they've still actually got a lot of the mother's hormones in them. Ah. Mm. Oh, so, oh, okay. so when they're actually coming out, they're still coming out with a lot of estrogen and progesterone and various other things. Because I mean, all their blood's just come out of a uh, maternal human mm. being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, not really. No, 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 no. That's what the placenta's for. The, there's no blood transfer. The, the placenta, the blood from the mother never enters the baby. That's mm, the placenta mm, is mm. a filter. That's right. Oh. Yeah. yeah, there is. There's a filter. Yeah, the bilis, yes. the chorionic bilis. Yeah. But there but, is... But, hang, the, but that's, that's part of the placenta, is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's because the placenta's that organ that women just create magically out of nothing and then they get rid of it. Yeah. It's, as if it wasn't useful. Or yeah. they cook it. Or they cook it. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but I took it. But they don't have a, you don't have a placenta in your... Like, we don't have one with men, but women don't have one at the moment if they're not pregnant. Mm. Yeah, and they make this organ. It's mm. amazingly complicated. Mm. And then they get rid of it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, no. The, the placenta is basically a barrier. And mm. the barrier is to prevent mainly the mother's immune system from killing the baby. Right. Because the mother's immune system... Your immune system isn't that smart, unfortunately. And the mother's immune system would generally... A lot of the time would just go, hang on, that thing's a, that thing's a tumour or that thing's just a parasite. Got to kill it. My dad said that many years. <laughs> Even today, he still yeah. tries to he still tries to abort me after how many months? Say like, happy oh, birthday, there's, son. There's nothing cuter than watching Greg's dad run around the house after him with a clothes hanger. <laughs> yeah, go, oh, oh, dude, that's a hundred and hundred and thirty-five wow. trimester abortion. Get him! <laughs> no, doing abortion jokes. No, coat hangers allowed. No, it's just oh, no. that's an old stand. It makes oh. me feel uncomfortable. Okay, so we get so witch's milk. Yeah, so basically these babies, and it's, it's been happening for thousands of years, and back in the old days, back in the time before science, uh, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, basically they thought it was called. They called it witch's milk, and they actually thought it was uh, milk being produced for witches' familiars would drink. Which is, I don't know if you know about witches' familiars. Oh yes, oh god, I'm up on my witches' familiars. Yeah, you get a third nipple, and and that's where you feed your little Mm -hmm. little demony thing. Or you just got to hang around the maternity ward and wait for the baby. That's right. (laughs) You have a homunculus which comes out of your mouth. Yeah, it's a, this is a different story. Sorry, another day. That's where the homunculus comes from. Oh, okay. Homunculus, yes, that's where the word comes from. Awesome. <laughs> so that it does happen physiologically, and it does happen normally. Basically, you've got two different states where male lactation can occur, which is pathological and physiological. Now, pathological male lactation states are generally caused if the body has some sort of tumour that's producing lots of extra hormones. Now, uh, there's a thing called prolactinoma, which is basically... Which has nothing to do with lactic acid, Dan. And I'd thank you not to make that mistake again. All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that. But the prolactinoma produces excessive amounts of prolactin. And so one of the rarer effects, but it can happen, is men can get what's called gynecomastia, which is male boobs. And... We get them. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh-oh. There's a difference between... They can get bigger? Yeah. Oh, no. There's a difference between fat boobs and gynecomastia. So right. They are, they are quite it's a difference things. between the Empire State Building and a shanty town. <laughs> Shut up, skinny man. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> 
So yeah, and one of the one of the effects you can get from that is actual lactation. From so the it's male. a symptom. So if you if you suddenly start lactating, people might go, "Ooh, that's well, not good." One of the more generally before you hit that point, you're going to have massive headaches and be half blind, and a few other oh. bad things will be occurring. Mm. Mm. But then, if I, the amount I drink, that's normally what happens most <laughs> days anyway. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> also, other states that can happen is liver damage, as your liver actually chops up estrogen. Oh. So in a male, if your liver's not doing its job, you've got heaps of estrogen hanging around. So right. again, you can look at this sort of production and can occur in that. And the other state, which I found quite interesting, was it's been noted in, it's called prisoner of war syndrome. So mm. basically, it happened a lot with the Japanese prisoners of war during World War II, because uh, not the Japanese ones, like the, the American or the Australian ones, oh, they captured, yes. or the British yeah. ones. Uh, in their prison camps. In their prison camps, yeah, yeah sure. sorry. So basically what happened was is that these people weren't fed and they got beaten with bamboo and yelled at and told to do stuff. Sounds like school. Yeah. So one of the things is like when they finally got relieved and they got rescued and they got taken back and they actually got a decent meal, then a whole bunch of them, like around about 500 or so, all started lactating. Can you imagine? It's just insult on injury, isn't it? Like you've just spent all this time and then you're like, ah, finally they fed us. Great, we're all lactating. (laughs) Join the army. Be a man. (laughs) Start lactating. Army of one giant nipple. (laughs) Excellent. What they think happened, they're not 100% sure, but what they think happened is basically your hormones recover quickly, but unfortunately your liver's got to take a little while to heal back up. So because you've been starving, your liver, it's a bit beaten up, it's not too happy. And then all of a sudden... Everything else is kicking along okay, but your liver's not doing the job, so boom, milk comes I thought it was a regenerating organ that was just like magic. Like you cut a third off it and put it in someone else, and as long as they don't tissue reject, you can just grow a whole new liver. Yeah, it it is an awesome, awesome organ. It can do a lot of... It's like an earthworm. It's not wolverine, let's put it that way. It's the earthworm of the human body. That's right. Or starfish. (laughs) Not called starfish anymore. They're just called sea stars. There you go. They're not fish. They're not fish. Well, that's the crappest name change I've ever heard. That's pretty obvious. It's like jellyfish aren't fish. Really? It's called sea jellies. Do people people really going, oh, that's a type of fish? People are dumb. People say dolphins are a type of fish. Why are we doing this podcast? Are there land jellies? I'm not too sure. Like, you say sea jellies. Yes, we we eat land jelly. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay. Uh, uh, I was thinking yes, more the animal all kingdom. Years of education. You don't even know about jelly. Who's the. Oh, God. I was thinking more of animal phylogeny, but okay, that's just me. <laughs> phylogeny? I know words. Sorry, I'm actually really jealous. I'm sorry. <laughs> Comes across quite aggressively. Yeah. A bit passive aggressive uh, there, too. Oh, no, no, no. It's actively aggressive. <laughs> okay, it's right. not a, you suck. And I hate you. Sorry, go on. Uh, we've known each other how many years? So, <laughs> basically, men can lactate. Men can lactate. Uh, they yeah. have done. Uh, so, how do I do it? Well, they, they've actually done studies where they've uh, initiated lactation in normal men. And they do this that's by injecting, no, hey, hey. <laughs> injecting you with normal hormones. Oh, and okay. this will actually, like the, the prolactin and the estrogens and everything I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. So, they inject you with those. Um, you get some, probably would assist if you get mechanical stimulation. So, if you get something, some sucking on your breast. Excellent. Uh, and boom. Then, boom. You're home. There's you're, an episode, you're in, Greg. <laughs> you're to, in the money. I have to admit, if there's any listeners listening who is brave enough, I would love to hear whether in the throes of passion you've actually lactated. I would really, really like to know this. Get on to us at dan at smartenoff.org or greg at smartenoff.org. Uh, I would really love to know. I think it it's, it's really is quite fascinating. Though, we'll start up an entire forum in our... entire topic in our forum. I would love to hear about it. Uh, I'd just like to point out, just, we have to sort of end up pretty quickly. This has been the most horrifying and awful 
awful thing I've ever heard in my life. The human body is a, is a terrifying hodgepodge of disgusting juices. And, and, but thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah great. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Thank Quite you. Frankly, I, I just can't wait to find out what else my body is <laughs> going to be able to create. I'm going to become a super exuder. <laughs> He's expressive, man. Yes. <laughs> Would you like milk with your coffee? The expressor. He'll always tell you how he feels. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I just burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) When I inject myself with this estrogen, I will cry for a week. (laughs) Like any other day. Now on Classic Vinyl, all your favorite tunes as sung by the International Innumerate Society. One, two... One, three, four, two, ten, nine. Princes kneel before you, that's what I said now. Princes, princes who adore you, just go ahead now. Six have diamonds in their pockets, that's some bread now. These four wanna buy you rockets, ain't in the head now. Got a taste for country? Working 6 to 44 What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taken and no giving Don't forget about the classics A 6 is the loneliest number That you'll ever do ah. 12 can be as bad as 6 It's the loneliest number Since the number 6 And get that party started with some classic queen. Another four bite the dust. Another four bite the dust. And another four gone. And another nine gone. Another 45 bite the dust. Hey, hey, we're gonna get you three. Another two bite the dust. Look out. Order now and get a second album free from the Association of the Easily Disoriented. Stairs, clowns to the left of me, jokers up ahead. Here I am over there with someone else. Yes, I'm over there with someone else. Okay, Dan. Yeah. Every week, one of us challenges the other to explain something. Last week, Dan Beeston mm. asked me, Greg Ward, to explain the very easy and easily explainable. <laughs> <laughs> How do holograms work? Oh, After collapsing in a heap, my brain managed to sort it out. And I was kind of right. I was pretty close. I almost had an embolism just listening to you explain it. <laughs> um, but we managed to work it out. And once we looked it up on Wikipedia, uh, I was pretty close. And you decided to, to reward me mm. one full point. A full point. Now, we hadn't really explained the point system. Dan, would you please explain the okay, point system? The point system. Basically, if we get something right then the other person can give us one point for getting it right. Sure. If we get it partially right, but it's unsatisfying to the other person, we can choose to go with zero points. If we really ask it up and get it completely backwards, then the other person can remove a point. (gasps) Right, so there's actually a level of danger there now. Yes. Oh, that's very exciting. Okay, so Dan was a total bastard and hit me with holograms. But I'm a nice person. Everyone who knows me says, out of the two of us, I'm the nice one. <laughs> Damn, I should have done the laugh. Anyway, uh, the... <laughs> it doesn't really suit, does it? The, sorry, so I'm going to ask an, an, a simple one. 
Easy. Oh, you see, now, now, you, now you're setting it up because the moment you got anything right with hologram, people were like, wow, he knows more about holograms than me. <laughs> now you're setting it up that if I get this even at all wrong, then I am basically Neanderthal. There you go. Well, 1% to 4% says you are anyway. So, Dan Beeston, how is nuclear power generated? Um, okay. I know some bits and pieces here. I was quite surprised because originally... When I was younger, I just used to assume that, you know, you had glowing yellow or glowing green rocks and that just made it. You just hooked wires up and took that <laughs> electricity out of the glowing rocks. And I think a lot of people do. Oh, yeah, and that's not the case. But I was quite surprised to discover that it's basically like what a great distra- big... What do you mean surprised to discover? What does that mean? It sounds like you researched this. Not recently. Oh, okay. Years ago, oh, I, right. I, I came across the fact that in a nuclear power station, it's... There's, there's one part of it, which is just basically a big steam engine. Mm. Like a steam engine on a train, you fire, put all the, um, the, the, coal. the coal or the dogs into the fire. <laughs> the homeless. And they burn. <laughs> and they burn and they create a lot of pressure. That's how a robot works. That's how our robot works. It's shoveling the homeless. You, you take, uh, and so you get a, a lot of heat and uh, a lot of pressure. And the pressure drives turbines... To, maybe that's not how a steam engine works, but that's how a nuclear reaction, nuclear reactor works. There's a great big turbine, so you have all this. Okay, heat no, you, you, you're confusing us. You're confusing us. I think start from start from the process of where does the ore come from and go through the process. Oh, you seem to be under the impression that I can get no, to no. the end. I, I just want to tell you, this is the goal: is yep. you want uh, to be able to get a lot of hot stuff and put it in water and create a lot of steam that drives these big turbines. That's that a kettle. That's not describing nuclear power. No, I know, but that's. But this is like a nuclear power station. The end result, the goal we're getting to is how right. to make the kettle. Right. Because the kettle is how you get spinning and the spinning is how you get electricity. Okay. So you're, so hang on. What you're saying there is steam is produced. Yep. Steam pushes turbine. Turbine yes. produces electricity. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's, now, that's to the get end the steam, to get the heat yes. to make the steam, mm-hmm. that's where and we... So, just so you know... You've got half a point so far. <laughs> I'll give you half a point for the end bit, but uh, only half. No, no, I know, I know. Okay, so there are two types of a nuclear process. There's fusion and there's fission. Mm-hmm. And I, fusion sounds like when you get two particles and squeeze them together and make one particle and a bunch of energy comes out. Why is that? And because it's fusing. Because you're fusing, fusing things. That's okay. right. So that, that's right. That's right. I'll cool. give you that. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. And fission mm-hmm. is when you get one particle. When you go out with your father in a lake. And you go on fission. Gone fission. Is when you get a particle <laughs> and a single particle and you put a lot of energy in to rip it apart. And then when you rip it apart, a whole bunch of energy comes out again. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a bit counterintuitive because there's a certain uh, beguiling idea that you could get two particles and put them together and get some energy and then pull them apart and get some energy and then put them together and get some energy and pull them apart. Uh, like, yes. a, like a, like a but, tiny quasar. But there's always a lot of energy. There's lost energy lost in the process. Yes. In, in, as heat. And therefore yeah, there's never, all sorts of things. Otherwise, that, we live in a mad world where the laws, laws of thermodynamics don't work yeah. and people can have cars run forever. So Indeed. definitely not. So that doesn't work. But mm-hmm. now fission is the one, is the one because you've got to... At the moment, people are trying to make fission reactors. And what do you mean trying to make fission reactors? Or have. There are, there are some fission reactors, but they're, they're experimental. There's like two or three of them or something? Hang on, which one? Fission. Fission? Fuge. Wait, which is the one that everyone uses? <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do know this is. I do know. Damn it. Um, which is the one that... I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a silly hint. Which is the one that Tony Stark in Iron Man movies 
what did, what was he using? Why was that so revolutionary that Tony Stark had created a power source? Which one was that? Um, that was unobtainium. <laughs> it was Avatar. Get out! <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, I'm not helping. That wasn't. That didn't help. Okay, but uh, anyway, one of them. You, you do this process. It's either the pulling one, pulling particles apart, or mm. putting them together, and you get energy out. So you take something that's a particular type of material, like it's got to be a special type of metal. It can't just be iron or, or, or copper. It has to be like, oh no, what do they always say in the Back to the Future movies and the Arnie movies? It's called something uh, Yep, it's definitely uh, uranium. 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 Yes, well okay, so uranium is the, has, was the popular one. Remember the number? I'll, I'll give you a whole point if you can remember the number. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying this too much. <laughs> uranium 13? No, no, it's plutonium 13. 14. 15. No, no. 16. <laughs> you know, no, no point for you. Move on. 238. Um, 238, 235. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm outmatched. Okay. So, so, oh God, I've forgotten the name of it again. It's too much pressure. Uranium. 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 So uranium is a, what's known as a radioactive uh, periodic table is full of mm-hmm. metal. It's a, it's a, Te- it's technically, you could call them metals because uh, everything is called, in, in some ways, they are all metals. Yeah. Yeah. People are yelling at me, and I, I realize now people listening, no, they're not. But you have non metals and you have metals. And the only non metals in the universe, in some way, looking at it is hydrogen and helium, and everything else is considered a metal. Though it's not actually the metal that we think, you know, like, like, like yeah. clang clang metal. So, but anyway, but no, you're wrong. Uh, it's not a metal. Okay. So, uh, it's, in, it's an element. Yeah, these are elements. Thank you. Thank okay, you. so in these elements, you've got uh, like your proton and your electrons, and there's some sort of energy. Like they break down, so they break down by themselves. You're getting a bit too complicated, but yeah, they, they but are. You you end up getting energy, and and so there's a change, and they change from uranium into byproducts. Byproducts is fine. Yes, and eventually, iron. eventually, it breaks down into uh, iron, hmm. not lead. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, um. Oh dear, I confused myself I, there. I thought it was lead, but maybe it's. Oh, you're probably lead. You're probably right. Sorry, is, no, you're right. It's lead. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. It's the last thing is, is yeah, fifty-six yeah. on the. Yeah. Oh, so you have anyway, all no. these little particles, like 56. electrons or mm. something, some sort of particle, some energy that's mm. coming off these rocks. Mm. So if you can make that energy, you, you take a little bit of energy off one rock and you pump it into another one to make stimulate it to pop its energy off. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like a box full of mouse traps loaded with ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. And you set one off and the ping pong ball hits another one and sets that one off and then there's be- and then so you get what's called critical mass when there is so there's so much energy coming out of it that it feeds back into itself and it makes more and more energy come off the uh, radioactive elements. I think you're, you're kind of going into bomb territory here, but yes, you, you are pretty much correct. Don't, don't worry about critical mass. Okay. Critical mass is for explosions and things. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah no, that's the opposite to what you want in a nuclear power yeah, station. Yeah, you basically want a controlled, a controlled yeah. reaction. Yeah, and so that creates a lot of heat, and you use heat to boil water, and Bob's your uncle Boom. kettle. Done. Excellent. That's very good. Now, I will give you a point for that. Yes, we don't even have to go to Wikipedia. Um, oh, I, well, we, we, we will. We'll go to Wikipedia. We'll go to that now. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know History. I'm your host, Trinity Fair. We're taking a look back at some of the historical events that have helped make July 18 memorable. (laughs) 
And it was on this day in 1817 that celebrated English author Jane Austen died, aged 42. To the eternal disappointment of BBC drama producers, Austen only published six beloved novels, thereby forcing them to redo *Sense and Sensibility*, *Mansfield Park*, and *Emma* over and over and over again. On this day in 1870, the First Vatican Council approved the dogma of papal infallibility, which basically meant whatever the Pope said was right. I think you'll find that's a triple word to score. But il Papa, V X W K Y Z, is not a real word. Who's infallible, bitch? July 18 is not a great day for the tribes of Israel, as it was on this day in 1290 that King Edward I of England expelled the country's 16,000 Jews, and it was on this day in 1925 that Adolf Hitler's personal memoir Mein Kampf was published. No, I don't think I will make any jokes about that. And on this day in 64 A.D., the Eternal City went up in flames, burning for five days and destroying several urban districts. The legend goes that the Emperor Nero was so insane and uncaring that he actually played his lyre while the city smoldered. Let's cross to time-traveling reporter Girl Clumsy on the scene of the Great Fire of Rome. Oh God! I'm on fire! The United Nations is today marking the first inaugural Nelson Mandela Day to celebrate the life's work of the father of democratic South Africa. It's believed Mr. Mandela's honored by the tribute, but has asked the United Nations to add the Vuvuzela to its list. Of- I'm Trinity Fair. This has been Smart Enough to Know History for July 18. So pretty much right. Interesting yes. thing that I just learned is that I was right about it being a, uh, a reaction. It is. That's Obviously, right. if it hits, hits critical mass, that's what you don't want. No, no, because that's. And, and in order to stop that, what they've got is a neutron poison that uh, you plunge into the reactive material, and it actually poisons the reaction and stops it from going as fast. So if, right. yeah. if stuff gets out of hand and the reaction keeps going and going and going too fast, that's not going to stop until it. Basically, hits critical mass or runs out of melts, just melts yeah. the containment. Yeah, that's yeah. Chernobyl kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what they what you do if that happens is you plunge these big rods into the thing, and these these big rods are poisonous, like poisonous to this reaction, and yeah. they just slow the reaction down. And a better a better design is not to have to plunge something in because if you can't plunge it in, you're stuffed. Yes. So you actually want to have it set up so it's already there, but something shields between the two. So if the reaction gets out of hand, starts melting something, that cover melts away. Uh, bringing the uh, oh, that's clever. Bring, bringing the shielding into effect. Yeah, so you think of it that way. So it means it can't blow up. Mm. Uh, so I, said, I don't know if I said before, but I'm going to reward you yep. with one full point. Yay! With a chance Uh-oh. of aiming another half point. Uh oh. So now we've talked. Oh, you're going to make me remember the number, aren't you? No, 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 no. no. I, I, by the way, I was, I was slightly wrong. It's two three uranium two three five two three eight is the more stable one. Yeah. So, but I did. I think I said both. But anyway, yes, just you know. No, for half point for you. Now the important part is yes, it made power and uh, it boiled the kettle, yes. in which ran a turbine, and coal power stations burn coal, make heat, boil yep. a kettle, run a turbine. Uh, pretty much every bit of power we generate in the world is is uh, boiling a kettle. Yeah. Tell me 
a power source that does not involve boiling a kettle? Wind. Wind is just a big generator. It just spins. The wind hits the fans, and it's sp- it's already spinning, and that makes electricity. I didn't think of that one. Damn! <laughs> think of me another one. Give me another one. Uh, what, what you do is you... <laughs> Changing the rules. You harness your car to a horse, and that's the still... horse runs ahead of the car, <laughs> and it makes the car go. That's, that's, that's very, it do that. it's, like, it's like a horseless carriage, but with organic I'll, I know, I'll give you the half points. you got one and a half points. But the one I was thinking of, which I should have thought of better, there's quite a few. Well, I mean, geothermal is still boiling boiling hot water from the ground. Yep. But the one I and thought of was power solar power. Yeah, well, big... it boils water too, doesn't no, it? No, no, no. That's no, there's different solar, hot water, solar hot water system yeah. is just reflecting light on, onto like a black surface and heating yeah. it. But if you actually have solar cells, yeah. all it's doing is making a, a circuit and actually generating electricity in that circuit directly. Oh, there's wow. no boiling of something in a circuit on a roof. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not taking heat somewhere. It's actually the the photons mm. of the you sun. You should have asked me what what doesn't use a turbine. Yes, that's I realised I should have. But you know, hey, caught out. So you're ahead at the moment. Yay! You're ahead with one and a half points. Hooray! Now, hmm. oh, the other little thing is it's fission. <laughs> uh, fusion is the one that everyone's trying to get because yep. that would be sweet. Yep. But it's yeah, it's fusion at the moment. Uh, you, there are fission. They said it was shit. I've got back the front. <laughs> fusion is the one with all of the glowing. Uranium. When you split they, things, yes. Yeah. Fission and is splitting, fusion is fusion. Fusion, putting stuff together. Yes. A lot harder. Uh, there are fusion reactors. Yes. There's, a, there's one being built in France, is I it, think. And, and, and actually, there's a really, really big one yeah. in the sky. Yes. It's the sun. Yes. That's a fusion reactor. Now, I always love those news stories where the police discover that someone's been making a nuclear reactor in their backyard. <laughs> like, there's the very famous one of the nuclear Boy Scout, who gathered together like 400... Smoke detectors. Oh yes, yes. They used, and they got yes. the thorium out of each one, mm. and he put them. All, he put them all together, and he and he got very close to starting up his own little <laughs> nuclear reactor in the backyard. And the cops got him, and he was quite sick. As I can imagine. He had these te- this terrible poisoning. And I just I saw another story the other day. It was a man found with nuclear reactor in his back <laughs> shed. I was like, I, yes, let's go read up on this. And I'm reading through, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. In like a built up area, and he's been getting away with it for ages, and yep. running his electricity off it and stuff. And it turns out that he had created for himself a fusion reactor what and that there are there is a, an organized group where people make their own fusion reactors in their backyards what at great expense they put more they're still putting more energy in oh than they're getting yes out of well, them. yes yes okay. they're, but they're Fair curious enough. and they're backyard scientists yes. studying it and trying to and learn was, how no, to do a it a couple of years ago there was this two scientists who said they'd created cold fusion as in fusion at room temperature and it turned out to be bollocks. Yeah. Uh, but, but there was, ah, oh, and we're going to show it on this date. Oh, we've had to put it back. And, 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 the, and they found they were cheating. But the problem with that was it got such a big media attention that when it was supposed to be false, it really gave a bad taste for fusion. So people went, oh, all fusion is rubbish. Well, fusion isn't rubbish. It, the sun's doing it quite nicely. It's been doing it for four and a half billion years. Yeah. Uh, so it can be done. We just don't know. Well, we can do it on Earth. We can definitely do it. We just haven't managed to contain it yet because it's so hot. We've been putting so much energy into it. It melts everything. So you have to have it in magnetic spheres and magnetic containment units and that sort of stuff. So, Sounds so very of, Star Trek. Yeah, none of, the, none of the matter actually touches the outside containment box. So you have to have magnetic fields holding it in position. Mm. Uh, it's hard. Uh, now, the other thing before you go on this one is, have you heard of the Oklo nuclear reactor? 
No. Now, this one is a natural nuclear reactor. I think it's Oklo, O-K-L-O, I think it is. And it's in Russia. They discovered, they think, is a natural nuclear reactor. It doesn't run anymore. The amount of uranium has actually gone away and there's just lead left. Mm-hmm. And the, it's just the way the ground worked, and it was, the uranium was, was contained under graphite, so, so, and it was protected, and water okay. would boil into, well, sorry, water would percolate into this, uh, area, yeah. and there was enough uranium putting out enough neutrons to heat the water, which would then steam up and out. Oh, so wow. it actually, a natural nuclear reactor doing a natural nuclear reaction, and then as the water would dissipate, and will we'll steam away, the reaction would stop because it no longer had any way. The neutrons were no longer going into anything, so the, the uh, uranium would no longer produce energy. Oh, right. But as the water table went up again, uh, then the reaction would start, yeah. and it would steam away again. And this went on for hundreds of thousands of years. The, the deposits are there. Yellow cake, the, the mineable ore that gets oh, turned right. into uranium, is all there. Now, there's a little bit of scientific back and forth, whether that was an actual natural nuclear reactor, but it does look like there was one there. We'll put it in the show notes. Pretty slick. Hi, Dan. Last podcast, you said the song I chose was one of the geekiest things you've ever heard. So I've been scouring the world looking for something cool and hip and street and down with the kids. And I found it. It's ska music. Real ska music. It's a band called The Simitones, and it's not geeky <laughs> at all. <laughs> interesting thing about this attempt to impress me is that these days Doctor Who is actually substantially cooler than ska music.
This has been another podcast of Smart Enough to Know Better by Dan Beeson and Gregoire. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please get in contact with us, dan at smartenough.org or greg at smartenough.org or go to smartenough.org and get onto our forums. We want to know where we're wrong. We want to know where we're right. We want to know what you enjoyed and didn't enjoy. If you have any ideas, please send us them as quickly as you can. All good ideas accepted and stolen. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, <laughs> yellow leather. Let's try that. It's soft. Big bad bears, big blue, blue blood. Blood. I know New York. I need New York. I know I need it's unique a, New York. It's a, it's a little bit hard to make fun of those warm-up exercises and jack-off actors who use them. Yep. Since we're jack-off we'll actors who use them. <laughs> we're talentless no one who use the same yeah. thing. And you're like, actually, they're really helpful. They can be. <laughs> I'm just trying to stop uh, my, my breath yeah. getting it. It's a bit, bit hard. It's, I'm, I'm, I, I realise I was still going, I was still going <sighs> kind of creepily. So All right. I just went, I realised I think that's mm. what people are tuning in for. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, guess what? What? I've created a robot. Get the f*** out! And it works. All it needs. And it's just absolutely... <laughs> Good point. I, I might try that one again. <laughs> Get the f*** out! <laughs> Okay, let's try. Sorry about that. We'll we'll back that up. Dan, guess what? What? I've created a fully functional robot. You're the smartest in the world. (laughs) You're not helping. (laughs) Bad to worse. Smart enough. Smart enough to swear like a sailor. Okay, okay. I think we're loose now. I think we're in the right frame. We've got energy. (laughs) 